Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party for our new arc. Join me outside, numbers 11 and 12. Woo, woo, Yay. Woo. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> how about that? Hi. Join me outside. How about how that? How about that? Colon. Lots to talk about. Lots of very good questions about our characters and the worlds. But I think we should start probably with the new mechanic that was introduced in these two episodes. Eric, tell us a little bit about the fame modifier. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something that we discussed all the way back when we first started putting together these episodes. In the introductory stuff, I wanted there to be like social ramifications because things happen outside of the telling of this particular story. And I thought it was interesting to kind of incorporate some of that. And I realized because I was too busy giving you all origin stories and creating you into freaking people and giving you likes and dislikes. How dare you? <laughs> Ugh, giving you families and shit that Ugh. I didn't get a chance to put this in to the game yet, so I wanted to kick it off with a bang. Uh, I also pulled some uh, storytelling ideas from Powered by the Apocalypse systems that when you roll skills with that, and it's a it's a D6 system, so you might get something from 2 to 12, but there's a lot of like success, mixed success, failure states with that, and those aren't just like, you fucked up! <laughs> it's like, these things happen or you need to answer these questions. So that was something that I was trying to get at with the failure, the mixed success, the success, and extreme success with those. Episode 11 and 12, I feel like, is when I'm we're really cementing the relationships that you have with the rest of the world and not just with the main plot here. So introducing someone to, for Val to crush on and their further extended family, Milo's friend group, and really getting into the nitty gritty of who, oh no, I can't do this off my, off my head, Aggie, Danny, Cassie, Cassie, Kelly, yeah. Kelly, Ryan, Re no, Regan, the, Ryan, Quinn. Regan, Re Regan, Ryan, Kelly, Quinn. Uh, really diving <laughs> into those people and uh, Aggie's relationships with them, I feel like uh, we really got to do. And then this was like the relationship that y'all have with the city, considering how we you have started fighting crime throughout the fall, which is what we did in episode 10. So this was kind of just like the mechanics to put this stuff together. And I really liked how varied everything was. I thought that was wonderful. There were ramifications for uh, Milo making a bunch of turkeys dance. Uh, <laughs> they didn't dance. They fought evil. <laughs> they marched into battle, which is somehow worse. That's worse. It was really the animation of the turkeys and not what they did once uh, animated. Okay. That was the issue for it me. It was the dead turkeys running around. I take yeah. a second to realize that Tuna was the leader of their organization, so really this is all Tuna's fault, and none of it. No, is actually, Milo's. surprisingly, Milo does things that are bananas, and then they have consequences. I don't it's think so. so. Weird. I think it's it was so Tuna. Odd. What I think is also interesting is that because of what I rolled on the entanglement table, is that this was related to government secrets being taken by the professor. Or by the emperor. This also had ramifications in a different way that the government was trying to cover up this bananas thing that Milo instigated. And of course, they did a bad job and now it's all over Reddit, which I found very funny. It is very funny. There's a blooper that I couldn't get in cause, just because it was the way it was edited, but uh, we took about three minutes to get, figuring out how we could take down Reddit and it was very funny. Yes. <laughs> Aggie's huge on Reddit, guys. No. <laughs> I feel like you said that too. Aggie's like really good at. It was in the blooper. It didn't make it in. I oh, said no. that Aggie was was huge in like home renovation DIY Reddit. Oh yeah, that was the, yeah. that was like a joke. Damn it. Yeah, there was a. It was there was some like editing reason I couldn't get it in there. But that's what the after party's for. That's, that is. That's why you come. That's true. You come so that we can tell you to join our Patreon so that you can get the bloopers. <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't designed as a funnel, but, you know, there you go. But now it's a funnel. Join us outside in our Patreon. <laughs> I <laughs> like it. Join us outside, listen to the game. Join us inside, we have cookies. And hot cocoa. <laughs> Players, how did we feel about rolling and needing to narrate our own bad consequences if that's what you rolled. <laughs> I only rolled good consequences, so I don't wow. know. Wow. Okay, Julia. Wow. You're out of this conversation then. Bye. Well, team player there. Well, I quite liked it. Yeah. I, I liked the opportunity to like own the consequence and to have some say in what happened. 
the sort of example that always comes to mind for me when talking about D&D to new people uh, is to say like, oh, yeah, you know, like you say, hey, I want to jump from roof to roof. And then you roll. And if you, you know, get a 20, then you vault over it and no one sees you. And it's amazing. You make no sound and like you get recruited to a circus. And if you, <laughs> you know, roll a one, then you fall and hurt yourself. But um, I like the chance to get a little more detailed than that um, and to think about, you know, from my perspective, what would actually be a you know, frustrating and potentially dangerous consequence. And it's, you know, someone that I work with being actively against my interests. I love that you like, like, like a year decision making process. It's like, you were like, all right, what's actually going to be like really relevant and good and like going to make my character have consequences. And I'm like, what would be the funniest bullshit that Milo could get into? Some might say that's the differences between each of your play style. <laughs> But yeah, no, I loved it too. I especially loved Eric, your list of questions. I think they were really great to choose from. And uh, yeah, I liked that Milo made a dumbass decision like he always does. I think that's worthwhile though, because a lot of the things that, and this is also related to Val's success, which I'm going to ask you about Julia next, is that sometimes people don't like you for a random reason or people don't like you for a good reason and also people like you for a dumb reason or people like you for like a very relevant reason so whatever however you answer it is fine because there is a world and a story happening outside of what we're necessarily playing in the main quote-unquote main plot of this game if you are all out there fighting crime kicking butt oh my god the councilman thing is incredible there was something that I've been really trying to itch at, which is people not being excited that this is happening. And I think that we introduced a little bit of that when we were trying to do the story building of, like, does Dr. Morrow have a mayoral candidate against her? And now we're introducing this in a different way. So thank you for creating this person. But it's also like, oh, I just love this. Like, things just build on each other. It's like the detail, and now we're fleshing it out, and now it can touch this in a different way. To Amanda, what you said about the rolling of the D of the D20, honestly, I find that this is a flaw in the game D&D, &D, is that you say a thing, and then you roll it, and then I tell you how well it went or not went. But if you introduce these things, and we've talked about it, is like, what are things that you want your players to fill into your world, like what we did with Dr. Morrow's kitchen? It's like, well, no, I want you to answer this question. I have come up with the questions, but you should tell me the answer, which gives you more agency, but then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> and then the world grows because of what you say, which is incredible. So now the Astros, as Milo loves it so much, obviously Milo, this is a relationship between Kilanova and Milo. Are people going to notice that Kilanova also has the same favorite Astros as Milo does? <laughs> and then everything we talked about with Aggie sitting in the city council meetings while the preserver's out there kicking butt. And then, of course, now Val. <laughs> is Val going to let... Volcani's internet fame go to their head. No, probably <laughs> oh, okay. not. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad. You, good. I'm glad we answered that. I'm just glad Tumblr's alive and well somewhere. <laughs> I had to ask Lauren about what all the Tumblr shit was when I was editing because I was like, "Is this funny? Is this good? Like, is this a joke? Is this a mistake? Did I have say no it was idea." Good? Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> all right, cool. Just making sure that I, I got the Lauren ship and seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell Julia if you were editing yourself or if like. The F was like a Tumblr thing. <laughs> no, it's F yeah, whatever. Of F yeah, superhero fashion is the new thing. Yeah. <laughs> I also this is related to the first one. Now, I got to write the the tweets in the future, but that backfills to episode eleven. So it's like though that was a tease for episode twelve for things I already knew that we had put together, which was a wild thing to do, and I think was incredible. And I was really, really stoked that I was able to do that. Yeah. All those tweets were extremely good. I just, uh, next stop, if you haven't listened to it, y'all, uh, is full of amazing tweets and texts that uh, Eric writes and Brandon Sound Designs. And it is incredibly fun. I had my phone not on silent for the first time in forever. I guess I just like flicked the switch accidentally. And I was texting and I heard the little taps and taps and toots. And I was just like, oh, wow, that is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Brandon really nailed that. Taps and toots is the best way to describe that sound. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like... Blah, blah, blah. like I'm going to go so rename long. my sound effect file right now. Taps the low toots. sound isn't even a tap anymore. Like It's like you're you're typing on a broken typewriter. It's like click, 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 click. So taps and toots. 
Why don't we get into a couple episode-specific questions, and then we have a lot of just really fun kind of general world and character-related ones. Sweet. Hell yeah. From episode 11, uh, Mia Schloss on Instagram would like to know, the Somalia's weapon coming out of her body, why? Also how? Is she a powered person from the diaphragm incident? Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to answer this the similar way that I answered the other thing. If you haven't watched Static Shock, there was just like the big explosion. And then lots of people who you put into your story now have powers. So the way that Diaphragm has been distributed and whatever happened in, around 1983, whatever, some people have powers. And uh, we don't necessarily zoom in on their story as we did with our three main characters. So it's just like some people have powers now. I think that's the weird thing is like these children of people who just kind of like looked great for a long period of time. Now they have powers. Uh, Julia, I'm going to throw this to you. Hey, Julia, can you give some background on uh, the power of having things come out of your body that are weapons? Yeah, if I remember correctly from the superhero wiki, it's called like item factory or like body factory and basically you're able to produce items that come out of your body there's various different like versions of that one you can see in my hero academia which is basically the same power that you described but there's also stuff like marrow from the x-men who can pull bones out of her body and use them as weapons or even someone like husk from the x-men who can shed her skin and have a like different form underneath such as like a pure diamond form or a magma form or something like that there was a 50 50 chance that when you threw it at julia julia was gonna say well how i do it is that <laughs> yes when i pull spears out of my body here's what happens <laughs> When I rip off my skin, I have my podcaster form under. That's true. That's why there's so many wolves in me, because they're all actual wolves. <laughs> Julia pulls off her skin, and there's a, a pack of wolves standing there. It's true. Dylan wants Whataburger. <laughs> Speaking of items, Hakuna your Tatas in the Discord. See, guys, if you join the Patreon, you can be in the Discord. You can make your name whatever you want. And then if you ask great questions, I have to read your name. That's true. I'm opening myself up here to abuse of this system. But in exchange for your Patreon support, I'll do whatever. <laughs> All right. Hakuna says, does Eric have a big table of gadgets that Des and Dr. Morrow could make? Or do you create them as you go along, depending on how the story progresses? No, I don't have a big table like I did with the last one. Because I was very much inspired by Taz balance at that time where they had the Gashapon system and I want to do something similar to that and that was kind of like what Duvin Boosters was from campaign one. Right now I think that this is more like if someone can invent them for you I think that it's more story dependent while in a fantasy world you'd be like I go to the store and I buy magic axe so I don't need like a store inventory I just hey Des can you make this for me so we can't go to the store and buy magic axe in Lake Town City you can go to house warehouse and buy like a really nice uh, light fixture Mm, Milo can get you a replica on eBay I bet I bet there's a hatchet at house warehouse you get a hatchet but it's not like a magic hatchet that's true any hatchet is a magic hatchet if you're skilled enough. It's not a plus three hatchet is what Eric is saying (laughs) in Aggie's hands it's a plus three hatchet that's fair (laughs) But again, like it's it's really fun to be a part of something like item generation. And in this case, Eric asked if any of us had items we definitely wanted or, you know, skills or things that we wanted to augment. So like for Aggie, you know, don't have any like counter spells or anything. So neutralizing someone else's power or effects would be really helpful. So to that point, I have heard your pitch, but spoily corner eyes emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? Who can say what will happen? Julia, our Val and Hitomi exclusive. Can we have a 10-minute one-shot of a Val Tomi date? Please, Eric, thank Ooh, you. Hamilton, I like that. I don't think that they've had that exclusivity conversation yet, but I would be down for a 10-minute one-shot Val <laughs> Hitomi date. All right, guys, get in the Patreon. Julia and I are going to, going to awkwardly role-play a date for 10 minutes. <laughs> My favorite way of playing D&D, awkwardly role-playing dates. Is there another way to date? (laughs) No. That's true. Good point. Good point. I did already make Julia cry as her DM. So I think flirting with her in a a date, that's totally a thing. Yeah, totally fine. See, I like having Julia here because she emotionally responds to my things while Brandon and Amanda are like, cool. All right. Let's keep going with the episode. I'm so focused (laughs) on the fun of the story, Eric. I'm so in the world. I'm lost in the fiction. I don't have emotions, so. 
Yeah. Brandon's like, I'm going to hear this four times later. So I'll process it later when I'm editing at two in the morning. That's actually real. Yeah. (laughs) Follow up question for Hamilton Otto. What has Emily Slaughter's group done during this time? How well liked is Flyboy? Great question. This is something that we get into in a few episodes from now, but it is something on my mind. Another thing that I've learned from other games, such as Blades in the Dark, is that stuff happens while you're not paying attention. So this is kind of what I was alluding to with Tegan's article, is that over the fall, Emily Slaughter got all of her ducks in a row and really started pushing the promotion of the upcountry keepers. So theoretically, they are more famous than y'all, and are out there doing stuff. I think people do like Flyboy uh, and don't have the terrible association with Sour Anthony. No, that's not true. That you do. Definitely not true. But, like, you know Sour Anthony in his civvies. Like, he's out there in a fucking Top Gun outfit flying around, munching on something. He's still the like, same person, is he though. Still he still sucks. <laughs> Does he still like sour beer, or is he just, like, a sour person now? I think he always liked sour beer, but you've seen him as a sour person. There's also nothing wrong with liking sour beer, so long as that's not oh, your entire personality. Beer. Yes, true. I thought his entire personality was he could fly. <laughs> Maybe when he's in his flyboy persona. <laughs> so the, the thing is that I do think the upcountry keepers are well-liked. I think Emily has really worked her city connections and does know how to put on a very nice face to... Other people, and there is a, uh, like we talked about right when she showed up in that warehouse, there is an a earnestness to her, which is true. Like, it's definitely grating, as we've seen, but I do think that she believes in this stuff. She's not faking it. Like, she does want to be a hero and wants everyone to know it so that she can do the thing. I think that's really the thing underneath, is that she's kind of doing it, uh, she's doing it like she's a politician, so it just, it looks pretty fake to us, who are the secret underground team just doing their own thing yeah i would also like to note that it is officially the upcountry keepers Uh, anytime that you may or may not hear another version of it in the show just like in your head just hear upcountry keepers i think i got (laughs) upcountry i every time i said upcountry keepers no (laughs) oh no what are the other things yeah give us the variety what's another way of saying uh, that there's Avenger Up County is the other way, and then oh. there's Avengers and that's Defenders. Just a, that's just a mouth typo. That's fine. It wasn't. A, I knew it wasn't Avengers. I thought it was Avengers, but then I'm like, no, it wouldn't be Avengers because re- I remember I did it because it was like the Great Lakes Avengers was the play I right. was doing on it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that. So it was Up Country, which is like the high school, and then Keepers was the Avengers word. So I know I know it's Up Country Keepers. No, I, I know just you didn't know. Say it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. Upcountry keepers. <laughs> Rara asks, Eric, what do you do when you get a creative block when coming up with storylines? Do you have a process or is it a sort of like, fuck it, I need coffee slash chocolate situation? Mm, this, is a, this is a good one for me. Um, or is it locks or like um, a bagel or like uh, cold brew or like hmm. Topo Chico? Topo Chico, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I chug a Topo Chico, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Burp once, and then you're good to go. <laughs> it's a real it's a real Popeye situation. For game mechanics, I just need to sit down and do it. It's a lot like my other writing. It's just like, I need to do this thing, and I need to pull it out of my brain, and I need to put it on the page, because if I don't, I'm going to forget it. And I need to have something to reference to. Because a lot of the stuff that we do on Dungeons & Dragons is improv. So it's not as singularly important. But like if I do need game mechanic stuff, like if I'm making a table for you, I need hard and fast things that I do not want to change and I want to remember because uh, I want this to happen. For example, Salamone needs to have slick back hair and a really small cross necklace. I need to write that down. (laughs) So that I need to just like sit down and grind out. In terms of coming up with things, I really keep it ambiently on in my brain. There's a theory of creativity that you need to do other things so that your brain can just kind of wander. And I feel like I have ideas for the game in the back of my head running whenever I'm doing something. So if I'm watching TV, if I'm playing video games, or I'm in the shower, honestly, just like spacing out, then I think of things. And then that's when I go hee 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 and put hee 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 into the slide. Oh my God. As a person who lives with Eric. Sometimes I just look over and he's playing Gungeon and watching a stream, and then he goes. <laughs> I can like, only fucking imagine that you hear just from the shower, just 
<laughs> that is a nightmare. That's a nightmare situation. It's wonderful. If by nightmare you mean incredible and turns into good content, then yes, it's a nightmare. <laughs> but no, I, it's something that I just try to keep ambiently in the back of my head and just work on and think about. Because there are things that break that I are the ways that st- the story moves. And r- the way that I see this all the time is like I come up with things and then during the session we run it and then it goes in a different direction. And then I come up with things and that. So it's a real conversation with the stuff that's happening in the session itself. I mean, I wish I could already talk about the, the ways that this has changed. The story has changed from things y'all have done and how that really, how it really pivots. I'm very, I'm very happy about it. Uh, but yeah, it's just something I keep in my head. The, the really big problem for me as a dungeon master is that I want to tell someone immediately what I did, what I thought of before the game is played. So that's when I hit up Misha Stanton and I'm like, Misha, you want to hear, you want me to spoil the next episode of Dungeon Party for you? And Misha's like, yeah. And then I tell them and they're like, oh, nice. And Misha helps me a lot. Misha also helped me with these questions as I was, uh, we were just throwing ideas at each other it's nice having like another dungeon master around i feel bad because i feel like i just like i just throw ideas at them not even necessarily like help me it's just like here are my here's my notes <laughs> well thank you and credit to misha stanton for all the help that they've given us over this yeah. over the seasons that is the one thing i do miss about now being a player is i don't get to workshop ideas with you eric as much yes we only get to workshop val ideas and not campaign ideas i'm sorry i can't tell you because i need you i need you to make reactions and go what or (gasps) yes that's fair and i do do that that. that's the validation i need gulia that's what i'm here for you can totally do it with me i will not remember them so it's fine (laughs) valid brady do you when you hear something that surprises you go The next time, okay? Okay. Or, or or just put in a sound effect of you you going, of you gasping. Okay, that's a good idea. I'll just record all my emotes ahead of time. That yeah, sounds yeah, great. Yeah. Just there... look at some pictures of corgis and do your reactions. Okay. And then, or like your niece or something, and then you have them at hand. Yeah. If you donate to our Patreon, we'll get Brandon a soundboard <laughs> for him to fit backfill his emotions. I could actually probably do that with my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Here's a related question CC would like to know from the Discord. Is Milo playing dumb to protect himself from embarrassment slash guilt, or does he legit have memory problems or semi-blacks out whenever the spirit surges? That kind of thing. Oh, CC, Milo is very dumb. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Milo's not playing. Uh, I think when he is like, you know, half jokingly, half knowingly talking about like, oh, that wasn't me. Like, that's obviously knowingly. But I think when he, um, when he does spirit surge stuff, it's not that he doesn't know what's happening. It's that the basic idea of his mechanic of his powers is that there are like literal spirits within him that initially he didn't really know how to at all to um, sort of access or use. And they would just sort of like randomly come out. Um, and so now as he's like honed his powers, he can still, he has better control over like which one he chooses sort of like a, a conveyor belt of spirits, you know, <laughs> that you can just sort of <laughs> choose from. Um, and now uh, there's less and less of those that are like random, but um, the spirit surge is a sort of manifestation of those random spirits that uh, attack at random times. So he's not he's not playing dumb, but he is uh, useless. Alexis Renee J would like to know from Twitter how long until Val ends up seeing their mom in a robe at Dr. Morrow's crying laughing emoji eyes emoji. Oh, oh no, no, I didn't even see this one. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> and any reaction, Julia, or just this slow shaking of the head? Oh God, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, perpetual platypus in the Discord. If we were villains instead of heroes, what would our villain names be? Ooh, fun. I think mine would be Killer Nova. <laughs> I think Kill Nova works both ways. Yeah, it does. It does. I was going to say Volcani, I think, works just as well on both sides, too. Mine would be like the devastating forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyone, Julia, you helped me come up with Preserver's name. What do you think? Um, be like Extinctor, like Extinction, maybe? Yeah, that's that's a good one. I think like <laughs> something like endangered, like endangered species. There's something about like ranger something, like mm. ranger death. Is I ranger was just thinking about it, Eric. It's, it's ranger, ranger danger. danger. Ranger, yeah. yes. ranger danger. Yeah, that's what it is. Love it. That was going to be the original one, and then Amanda said no. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did say that. It was very funny. 
Ranger Danger does sound like a name that Val says. Like, oh no, here, the, but like, he's Ranger and Danger, so you gotta be Ranger Danger. Ranger obviously. Danger or Maybe. Danger Ranger. <laughs> Danger Ranger. Danger Ranger is significantly funnier. Maybe that's what Val calls Aggie in the downtime. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of which, Party Tattoos on Twitter asks, I know you answered this in series one, but I'm wondering if you have any warm-ups for your new character voices. Mine is just uh, accidentally getting too much like Julia's voice and then dialing it back. Because it's so close to where we're from that I just like some part of me is always ordering coffee in a deep Long Island accent. And uh, it's it's hard for me to, to pull back. What does that, that sound like? No. <laughs> no, I can't, Brandon. If I do it, I won't stop. Strict abstinence. Hey, welcome to Bagel Boss. What do you got? A small coffee, one sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Incredible. So, Julia, you uh, do you have any connection to Val's voice? No, <laughs> not at all. Life? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I get into Val's voice with a very specific phrase, and it's what you think it better than me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And then I say, no, Julia, stop beating me up over Zoom. I'm sorry. <laughs> stop reaching through the webcam and punching me. Uh, Miles' voice is pretty much just like a normal guy's voice, so I don't really have to do much. Uh, uh, I think he just sort of like, he stumbles over his words in a different way than I do. <laughs> like, I have to like pause and think about stuff where Milo is just like continually talks until he finds it. Yes. And I feel like he kind of spirals upwards in terms of tone as he does yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. very fun. Like someone is slowly squeezing his throat, <laughs> just <laughs> tightening up those vocal cords. I like the idea that, you know, like in Google translate, if you put a sentence into some other language and then you bring it back to English, I feel like when Milo, you like, put the robot voice that you had for Tracy on it and then you take it back out and then it sounds different. <laughs> that feels yeah. right. Yeah. Suspiciously Hot on Twitter asks, how many tattoos do the three of them secretly have? I think Aggie, no tattoos. Hmm. Hmm. I think Val has a lot of like small tattoos and a lot of stick and pokes that their friends have done. That's so fucking badass. <laughs> are they hidden or are they open out in the open? I think they're just all over. Val's always wearing a leather jacket, though, and long pants <laughs> and boots. So it's not as if they're specifically trying to hide them. It's just they never take off enough layers for people to see them. That's hilarious. For sure. I can picture like a, a classic tattoo sort of pinup um, vibe, like aesthetic for some of Val's tattoos. Mm. Yeah. I. I'd like to think of their Val has like a giant cross tattoo on their back. I thought about that, but no, I think that's a little too gaudy for them. I don't think that's punk enough. There's like in the gritty reboot of this, there's like a shot of Val getting undressed and you take off your, your long sleeve shirt and you from the back and you see the giant cross for the first time, but it's half in shadow. It's not Boondock Saints. Val is not in Boondock Saints. <laughs> it could be Boondock Saints. It could be. Oh, wait, does, does Milo have tattoos? Oh. Did you get drunk one night and get, like, uh, uh, one of the captains tattooed on your chest? Like a Green Lantern tattoo? Yeah, actually. Just that, William Shatner's profile. No, uh, I think Milo, my, well, my, one Milo has to be professional at a museum, so, like, he can't have anything visible. Or, or like, no, it's not Come a rule. Come on, it's a cool museum. It's not a rule. It's not, like, a written rule. But, like, you know, he has to wear polos sometimes during the summer, so he wants to maintain decorum. I think he probably has like I'm trying to think of a you know how there lots of people have like three threesome tattoos where it's like the Deathly Hallows or like whatever you want to whatever those things are. What's like a yeah, four? Like tr the Trinity. Yeah. Man. But what yeah. is there anything that like a four? Because I'm sure I'm sure Milo and Lucas and Apple and Zach have like four part tattoo. Aww. All of oh, them yeah. have Avatar: The Last Airbender signs. Oh. That's good. <laughs> Tell me quick what everyone's uh, bending is. Oh, I got this. Um, Lucas is Lucas is fire. Zach Rose is is um, air. Apple is earth, and Milo is water. I checked out. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's that, or maybe like you know their their favorite captains or or favorite like insignia. Maybe oh, okay. Maybe it's they each have the like name of the starship of their favorite captain like tattoo ah, on there like, that's cool that's a good inner one. arm yeah, or yeah. something i like that oh uh, i was envisioning you getting drunk one night and getting a, the face of picard just like on your right breast i just didn't so he's always proud of you 
<laughs> I didn't. I did not say that, Eric. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Also, Brandon, we would have seen that tattoo when Milo got all of his clothes burned off. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Right, combat. Yeah, go back and edit this idea in. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to ask you all more questions, including Megan Corner and Spoily Corner. But first, I'm going to run into the kitchen to refill our caramel corn. <gasps> yes. Ooh. I love it. Hey, it's Eric. For those of you who don't know, Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the Jewish year, is coming up this Friday. And for those Jews out there who are celebrating Rosh Hashanah, or Jews out there who didn't know, hey, Rosh Hashanah is on Friday. Congratulations, Rosh Hashanah. Shana Tova. But I always liked that Rosh Hashanah was kind of like New Year's, but it was happening in the fall. Because the fall always felt like the beginning of something. Like the, the summer we were sweating out. And now we can finally reflect on everything that's happened over this year. And I know it kind of matches on the school year. And maybe that's part of it because I was a high school English teacher there for a second. But starting the year off with the warm flavors of fall, like honey and apples and raisins and challah and all, having an amazing, incredible Rosh Hashanah meal, it always just felt like the start of something new, even if the fall was kind of the end of something. But, you know, you can start whenever you want. It's a new year doesn't really mean anything anymore, so whenever you want to start again, you can. Welcome to the Mineral. I brought you apples and honey, and it's delicious. Thank you so much to the newest members of our Patreon family, Emma Hacker, great name, and Sean Murphy, great name. You make it possible for this to be our jobs, and in thanks for your support, we have some incredible stuff for our patrons that you can go check out. Uh, we talk about it a lot in this episode, so I don't know if you need me to plug all of it here. So just go for only $5 a month to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. You can go to our thriving Discord chat forums, get content from campaigns one and two, and so much more. And if you haven't checked your Patreon in a while, go check that. We changed the tiers a while ago, and now that we're on a monthly, you're one or two or five dollar might not make sense in what you actually want and it kind of messes for what we're trying to plan for for our patreon so go check that out but so if you haven't done it before or it's been a while since you checked your patreon for join the party go to patreon.com slash join the party pod did you know that multitude has fantastic merch for sale well now you do Buying merch is a great way to get something cool while supporting the shows that you love. And now, by popular demand, we have a brand new O'Hare family sticker for sale. That is Aggie, Danny, Cassie, Regan, Ryan, Kelly, Quinn. And you can say that much faster when you look at that sticker and it just goes over and over and over and over and over in your head. And now you can put all the O'Hare siblings on your laptop, your water bottle, whatever. There's also digital merch. We have no capes, the guide to reskinning your D&D game for a modern or superhero genre. You have the creepy and cool coloring book from spirits there's wallpaper and ringtones from all your favorite multitude shows you gotta check all that out at multitude.production slash merch we are sponsored this week by blazeball you may be asking yourself well i love dungeons and dragons but i wish more things were like DD. like what if baseball had consequences and incinerations and teams from infinite dimensions and things that i did influence the world that would be awesome well, let's get you a hat for the new sport taking the internet by storm. Blazeball is a free browser game of fantasy baseball where you choose your favorite team, bet on matches, and be part of the fandom. But also, you can influence the world by voting on new mechanics, player stats, storylines, absurd world events, and opening the crossed rules of Blazeball that definitely affects everything and everything is a lot weirder now. If you like the strangeness of Welcome to Night Vale and the cause and effect of playing in a D&D campaign, this is the game for you. Go to blazeball.com. That's blazeball, B-L-A-S-E, ball.com. Let's go Mills, baby. Love the Mills. We are sponsored this week by BetterHelp, a secure online counseling service. They connect you with licensed counselors through their secure app, letting you message your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. You can also message your counselor in between sessions if you're worrying about something. Can't think you might have anything to worry about in 2020. That'd be weird. Or think of a topic you want to cover in your next call. Because BetterHelp wants you to find the best therapeutic match possible, it's easy and free to switch counselors if need be. Sometimes you're talking to someone and you're like, oh, we're not really vibing, but they're like, er, I don't want you to leave because this is my livelihood. And then you feel bad, but BetterHelp doesn't make you feel bad. BetterHelp is also more affordable than traditional counseling with financial aid also available. 
you can get 10% off your first month of counseling by signing up at betterhelp.com slash join the party. That is better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash join the party for 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash join the party. Finally, we are also sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. A lot of you have been sharing your hauls from online shopping for 20-Sided Store and keep them coming. And right now, the only thing to soothe your brain other than better help uh, is just kind of buying tchotchkes and things that you want. And dice are one of those things. So if you need dice, or even if you don't need dice, but you really need dice, you're going to want to check out the selection at 20sidedstore.com. You can use the code join the party for 20% off your online order. That is 20% off for a set of dice. That's like, it just makes it more worth it. You can just buy more dice. It's good. You got to do it. 20sidedstore.com. The word 20sidedstore.com. And now back to the show. Back from the kitchen. Is everybody enjoying their snack? It's delicious. It's all stuck on my teeth. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Preserver. Preserver, help me. Real quick, can you do an impression of that kid with marshmallows in their mouth saying preserver? Okay. Uh, so Izzy, Izzy is at the fair and put a giant blob of cotton candy in their mouth. And then the preserver runs in and fights off like an army of bunnies that have been possessed that are running into the carnival. Yeah. It's like, oh, Oh, Pozova! What's <laughs> happened with the bunnies? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and Izzy's toddler brother, Ira, is just standing there holding a balloon pointing. Yeah. And like oh. a lollipop falls out of his mouth. I wow, like that. so That's cute. Very good. I wanted to open up with a sweet comment. Not a question. And uh, Bess Pittman, you are the one person allowed to do this. In the most recent episode, Eric mentioned a coworker of Milo's, a preparator. He pronounced it like a superhero for peppers or a fancy device to get things ready. It's actually pronounced preparator. It's tricky when you've only ever read a word, and I appreciate all your hard work. Oh, yes, this is, yeah. first of all, I want to say this was a fucking great way to send a correction. No one else is Best, allowed to do it. Thank you very much. <laughs> when you make a podcast, thousands of people tell you the same thing because everybody thinks that they're the only person who hears it. And it's like everybody is acting with great intention. And then you get dozens of emails and yes. it's like, oh, my God. And it, it is it is crushing. Uh, so thank you. Best. So, yeah, be very kind and be very nice and like be like, oh, look at this interesting fact I found. But also, too, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> preparator. Yes, I said preparator last It time. looks like preparator. There's it also, does. like, yeah. our, someone also said, arc, like, it's archivist instead of archivist or something. Mm. Huh. But they were less nice, so we're not shouting out your name. <laughs> um, also, to people who've only read words on the page and have never said them out loud, hey, just say them out loud. The worst thing that happens is someone tells you you're wrong. And then you can harbor that in your in your soul and get revenge on them later. But like that's really the the worst thing that could happen. So I did it. I did it, and it got recorded for all the annals of time. So you just do it. It's okay. You know bigger words than other people. I'll yeah. share one to share the embarrassment. I once meant uh, to say ethereal, and I said urethral. <laughs> oh, that's pretty Julia. good. That's great. That's pretty good. I also think that that word preparator is a fairly new position. So not only is it like a uh, a hard word to read on the page and read aloud, but it is also a fairly new word that came out in the last like 30 years or something like that, 20 years. Also, that, that English sense. made up. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Frankenstein's creature of different other languages. No one knows how Latin was pronounced and we all just try. And uh, <laughs> language is about meaning. So if, if you get the meaning... I'm always interested in new words and their pronunciations as just like a fun fact. But otherwise, you're good. You get it. Yep. We get it. Language is about communication. Edgars wrote via email, in your last after party, you talked about current events in the world impacting our view on the police and the government in general. And I wanted to ask about current real world situations impacting the game world. So mostly, Eric, are you planning to incorporate current events into the game world? If so, how much? Because it's an alternate universe with the discovery of diaphragm and the whole world being at the mercy of you and some dice, I believe this would give you enough leeway to change some stuff, like the police being reformed, the president not having the virus, etc. Oh, beans. Um, here's the thing that I learned from late night writers, something that everyone asked them is like when Trump got elected, every single reporter went to late night writers and people who made comedy. I was like, oh man, look at this wild and crazy guy. Isn't this going to make your job easier? And then all of them said, no, 
this is terrible because the world is bad and now we can't make jokes about it because of our regular world and then you make fun of it but now it's just like it's already absurd so that is similarly how i feel i i have no interest in having a, a different world and putting in our current president current place and the stuff with the virus i mean this is in a different world hopefully if any sort of epidemic or pandemic would have happened a lot of people would have been more prepared and the, a lot of people would have been all on the same side and we would have done stuff to curb this but we didn't and like that's not a fun place to live in as shown by us living in this world so the things about like the president and the virus no i don't want to touch those in terms of police reform i think that that is a very important issue and something that we do need to deal with with super a superhero story if we were doing a fantasy story it would have been like the idea of like a city guard or people who protect you that is a thing that's just the truth like they're actually doing the right thing and they're on your side but i think that also ties to like some stuff that i said last time which is like tv shows or books or movies where police are valorized and we assume they're always on the same side and they're doing everything for goodness and justice when that that's not necessarily true so i think that this idea as we try to examine the role of people who have powers who are trying to keep a society going and doing stuff as wild shit starts happening, that is something I want to play with and an interesting theme. But if I didn't have to touch it, I want to make a conscious decision to interrogate some of those ideas, which is why we're keeping that and not touching the other ones because that's not fun and not something I have or I think any of us want to play with and have things to say other than like wow really fucking blows huh i mean we touch ideas of related to that like xenophobia i mean isn't that all x-men is the idea of xenophobia there's something about an otherness of people with powers and people who don't and we're already seeing some of that with that councilman so we're touching on themes that are happening but no the president and the pandemic are not coming into this particular story yeah i'd be curious i'm, I'm always interested in how media reflects our world and, like, I'm going to be super curious to see in the next, like, 20 years, like, what, um, like, zombie stories or other, like, disease stories are going to be like. Because um, mm. I think with, uh, with you need, like, hindsight in order to, like, interrogate those things and dissect them and really, like, heal from them in media. And so, yeah, I think uh, in the middle of them is not the right time. <laughs> yeah. I have no, like, have you seen some of these, like, pandemic TV shows that are trying to, trying to come out. There was like a rom com, like Love in the Time of Pandemic. No, it was coming what? out on like yeah. ABC Family. I'm like, I have no interest in this. Why would you do this? No, it's not like people's families have been, you know, completely disrupted or or have lost loved ones. It's not something we make light of. Quarantine's not fun. It's just no, not. It's not no. done. <laughs> we don't know how it ends. We're still very much in the middle of it. Yes, exactly. I I'm I agree with Brandon on that point. I think that monsters as metaphor and is always something that I find very interesting. But like we're right in the teeth of it, so not really. It's not a real fun thing to do. I'm not allowed to look at Julia's dice in person. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I've had to sacrifice. <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> I can't look at Julia's dice rolls. I do think, too, that uh, the idea of, like, people with powers is probably an, an interesting kind of metaphor for, like, privilege or societal power in terms of, you know, what do you do with the power you have mm. and how can you put it to use to benefit those around you? Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sure there have been uh, scholarly papers written about that, but just a little a little thought. Yeah. No, that. that's true. That's something we, we definitely, I think we talked about that in the first few, when I was talking the theme episode all the way in the back. Like, that was 100% something I wanted to do. What is the kind of person, when you have power, what do you do with it? We are already literally seeing it between the generational divide that uh, everyone's parents didn't do much and you are all doing stuff. That's kind of what Dr. Morrow was getting at in the first few episodes. Mm. I think it's time for a visit to Megan Corner, Woo. who has sent in even more good questions. It's from Megan. Good questions. Yeah. Who came up with Milo's friend group? I, th I think I gave you like... I probably have some friends at the museum and they probably all have different jobs, but I'm terrible at NPCs and names, so go from there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brandon gave me archetypes of all of his friend group and it's like, here, go, and then he forgot about them, as you do. And then <laughs> I just came up with them and now we have this friend group. I, I'm really also starting to, and this is something I'm just very excited about that I've been noticing, starting in episode 12, I've really been getting into like who these people are 
more so. I feel this way about Lucas now that he has three people to bounce off of instead of just Milo. And I feel this way a lot about Dr. Morrow. Um, Dr. Morrow is becoming more and more Doc Brown from yes. <laughs> oh, like oh, over and over. And I love it so much. And I really feel like Lucas is becoming like super shysty and like very get rich quick. He's like Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie. I just, I love it so much. Oh, sorry. No, he's, he's Eddie from Ed, Ed and Eddie. So <laughs> I knew which one you meant. Thank you, thank Just you. I, so I'm loving corrections it. there. <laughs> I have really needed the correction. It was very important to me. So I'm really feeling some of these NPCs now, um, which I, I really enjoy. I decorate my walls with lots of stuff, crafts, photos, Polaroids. What do your characters cover their walls in? Band posters. Mm-hmm. Classic. Not even in frames. Just like tack boarded onto the wall. <laughs> Oofa doofa. <laughs> uh, I think Milo has like, meticulously organized and displayed all of his memorabilia from various films and TV shows and, and things that he loves are all very well displayed. But his, like, bed is never made and, like, his closet's a mess. <laughs> Hell yeah. You you have a shrine to all of Dr. Morrow's biographies. <laughs> but you have, but your sheet is, like, half coming off. <laughs> One day you're going to ask Dr. Morrow to sign them, but you didn't do it right away. And so now that you know each other, it's kind of weird. And so <laughs> you now. Uh, will, at some point in the distant future, get some signatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Aggie has some like vintage postcards and maps uh, from the Lake Town area um, that she has framed and, and hung in the cottage. I like that. You have like one set of string lights that Quinn sent you one time. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sushi likes them. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> These are Sersha Ronins. And I thought you should have them. She was trying <laughs> to throw them out. And I don't realize they cost like $2,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I have to replace the bulb, we're going to find out. So um, speaking of which... Milo has tuna. Aggie has sushi. What would Val's pet be? Val has the dogs that they dog walk. Val doesn't need to <laughs> own no, a pet. Uh, no, no pets at home. You just have like your sauce making pot. I have a studio <laughs> apartment. You want me to put a large dog in there? No. I like that Amanda just said anyway that your pot was like your pet. Like <laughs> I have a basil it. plant. That's my pet. My Dutch oven <laughs> is a valued member of our family. I like that. Val strikes me as someone who is like a dog uncle, like you renting them and then you're just like, all right, have go back to your owners yep. and don't poop in my house. I mean, that's the dream. You're also someone who strikes me as like, who has big fish energy. Hmm. <laughs> like you have a giant aquarium with like three really large beta or like fighting fish. I think that requires too much effort. And I think Val likes a cuddly animal. Like hmm. if they had a pet, it would be a dog. But I don't think that they f- feel like they would be a responsible pet owner, so they don't own a pet. It's part of the sure, reason sure. they took up dog walking as a side hustle. Nice. What a mature and responsible adult human being. <laughs> if you yes. can't take care of an animal, don't buy an animal. It's very punk to be a responsible uh, dog owner. <laughs> Speaking of being punk, what are your character's favorite music to listen to? Or do you listen to something else, podcasts, etc.? We talked about this when we were doing our uh, first episode about like what our um, background music would be. Yes, I took that from, that was the introductory music as as we went in and we zoomed into your first environments. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Like Milo's was like some Devo, like 80s, 80s style. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Val obviously loves loves some loud, loud music. I feel like you had some Billy Joel, like Bruce Springsteen stuff, classic rock happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like Grateful Dead, Doobie Brothers, something along those lines. I feel like I also touched on that a little bit when I made the playlist for each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, for Milo, it was like a lot of a lot of that sort of like bouncy and and weird stuff. Anything that you would go to like a show for, and like it's just a bunch of awkward, lanky white teens, and they're just like dancing yeah. like yeah. weirdly, you know, that like no one's right. on drugs or anything. They're just fucking weird. <laughs> They're just skying the hell out of the whole situation. Just doing their thing. <laughs> what I did do, I remember for for Milo's playlist, I took a lot of stuff that Griffin McElroy has recommended on Wonderful, and then I added some ska. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> feels feels right. For Val's, it was more like loud rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, did a lot of like Riot Girl and female fronted punk. Yeah. But for Aggie, Aggie, I had such a specific sense of Aggie liking indie rock from the early to mid aughts and like your music taste hasn't changed like you're still listening to bright eyes yeah i mean 
That's not a bad thing, Eric. Why would you replace no, it, it with not. anything? It's just like I, I, uh, I still make playlists like this, but I have playlists from college that I made that I remember. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pull all of these songs. And then this is Aggie's playlist in 2020. It's a real time capsule in, in a good way. Yeah. Join the Patreon and you can listen to them. Just to see it. Go buy Brian Eyes' new album. That's great. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Because the campaign takes place in the modern day, do your characters have any favorite social media? As discussed, Aggie, huge on Reddit. <laughs> Which uh, subreddits does Aggie traffic? DIY, woodworking, different like homesteading and like small scale farming, permaculture, huge with Aggie. Nice. Uh, home reno. And she'll be in there being like, uh, hey, I don't know if you guys consulted a structural engineer, but like you just cut a support beam. So I would just check that out. Just like looking out for your safety. Sorry, man. <laughs> Is Aggie big on um, power washing porn? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Does Aggie like the one that like you fit uh, small things perfectly inside of slightly larger things? Oh, oddly perfect satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's oddly satisfying. There's perfect fit, which is yeah. things spinning perfectly. Oh, things. I didn't know there's a specific one. There's yeah. like most of them. And there's like organization like. porn where mm-hmm. they, they'll do like the flat, like the, the flat lay situation. It's just very soothing. Nice. I just want to talk about power washing porn because we skipped right over it and it's very important to me. <laughs> Have you seen power washing porn? Yes. It is the best. Yes. Yes. It's very and to be clear, the, the satisfaction is just that you see things that were dirty get clean, and that is the content of the videos, in case you don't know what that is. It's, but we're using a power washer, which is, like, the most dangerous thing you can rent from Home Depot. <laughs> and yes, I am also talking about the saws and stuff. Power washer is more dangerous. Okay. True. Have you? I've been. I've seen those. Those are dangerous. They can like flay you. That's real shit. If you get like a professional one, like the homeowner ones are not very powerful. They can be, Mm. but Uh, you you haven't turned them up to eleven, Bram. I think you know that a saw is dangerous, but not everybody may know that the pressure of a power washer is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Julia? What's Val's social media? I think Val was really into MySpace. (laughs) <laughs> and then when that fell off, they just kind of were like, eh, what's the point? <laughs> Very well adjusted. Yeah. Apparently Tumblr is still doing well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Tumblr is owned by Moral Corp instead of Yahoo. Oh. And they kept all the porn, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they stopped making silly changes to it. And they actually, and then Dr. Morrow looked at it and be like, why are... These ads make no sense. Can we run real ads? No, that was <laughs> real something. Dr. Morrow made it so the ads are rebloggable finally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she, that's she she actually monetized them and made the ads rebloggable, 100%. That's hilarious. Um I think Milo isn't much into social media. He probably has a Twitter. I don't think he really keeps up with it that much. He does give ideas to the museum social media person occasionally. Nice. See, Milo feels like a secret Tumblr person to me, just because full fandom. Well, see, that is entirely possible and like probable, but real life Brandon knows jack shit about Tumblr, so he would not be able sure. to roleplay that. Brandon Lawrence, right there, just Lawrence get her is right behind you. It. Or maybe individual like fan forums that mm. were started in like the oh. early aughts mm. for franchises that he likes. Yeah, because Milo's definitely more of like a collection fandom as opposed to like a. Um, uh, what do you call yeah. it? The interactive fandom, whatever. Um, so he'd probably yeah. less Tumblr, more like forums for sure. Yeah, you might be. You might be a Discord person. I feel like there are Discords for eBay yeah. stuff that you might be on. Oh yeah, he does every in and out of eBay. Like he's on everything. <laughs> it's not really quite social media, but he knows everything about eBay. Oh yeah, eBay can be your social media if you try hard enough. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and here, our final question in Megan Corner: uh, a butts spoily corner. They're intersecting. It's great. Amanda said a butts. A butts. <laughs> and oh, I was going to say earlier, I continue to this day, maybe once a month, I'll say a word that I realize immediately afterward I have never said and only read. So it happens to me all the time. And uh, don't be shy, fellow bookish kids who didn't talk much and just read. Uh, it's going to be okay. Here's yeah. a word I've never said out loud. Deciduous. 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 There you go. It's there okay. Go. Amanda and I constantly get into debates about how to pronounce necromancy. Which Amanda thinks necromancy? Oh, I don't have a position. Oh, okay. I just say it necromancy. Okay. <laughs> I used to. That's your necromancy position, is. Though. That's a lot more fun, honestly. I, I like, like necromancy. That. Yeah. I'm also I'm also consistently trying to get away from the Long Island A, and so mm. necromancy mm. sounds Nancy. like a thing that like my aunt Nancy. would say, and so That's I'm true. like necromancy, yeah. please. How dare you? 
Hey. God, a Long Island necromancer would be so good. I just found my next one shot character. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you got to watch out. Uh, we're near Long Island uh, Sunrise Highway. There's some zombies there from a necro- necromancy. Necromancy. <laughs> There's a necromancer <laughs> over there, and he's really, really fucking things up. How's, how's your nephew? <laughs> he's a necromancer, you know. <laughs> he makes good money, though. Makes good money, though. Just in the car. Oh Pen- God! Pension. Oh, oh boy. So I says to her, I says he's a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the rest of Spoily Corner, are you ready? I'm just gonna do them one by one. Deciduous is the opposite of evergreen, by the way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rest of the O'Hare's powers? Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? There's Who still knows? a debate about what Quinn's powers are fully. Yeah. Uh, Rara asks, what does the Knight of Mirrors think of Emily? Have they met? Is the knight helping both sides? Who can mm-hmm. say? Who can say? We haven't heard say? from the knight in I a mean, while. I mean, almost almost yeah. definitely. <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> Motorcycles don't do well in the snow. That's fair. Good point. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Knight of Mirrors hibernates. They're a bear. They've been a bear this whole time. Oh, okay. Checks out. <laughs> oh, Eric, I have a question. Yeah. When Hitomi and Val met, was Hitomi trying to get Val to steal beers for her? <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right. Something I need to know about her character, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, she she said that she was getting ignored by the bartender for like, it's like 20 minutes. So she just wanted to take manners into her own hands. I think it was a real like, can you just grab two beers and I leave a 10 on the table mm, okay. sort of situation. It wasn't just like um, steal beers from I, me, random person. No, Hatomi was ignored by the bartender okay. and you seemed like a regular, which is why she talked to you. Yeah. And that's how love bloomed. That is very much adult Brandon's move at this point where it's like, all right, I've given you 15 minutes. I'm now going to do it in my, on my own. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of heist where it's like there's an inefficient system and I can just cut to the feeling, uh, as it were, and get the thing I need and get out. So the heist that we're throwing for your 30th yes, birthday. Yes, thank you. Is, you have are we months. not stealing money, but you just need to like make a wire transfer and no one will talk to you. So we have to heist it with guns so that you can just make a wire transfer. I did. uh, The first thing I said to Eric this morning was I figured out how to do a free wire transfer because uh, we could like upgrade our business checking account. And then if you have a certain minimum balance, then you have a free wire transfer. But even if you don't have the minimum balance, it's still cheaper to have the monthly account fee with two free wire transfers than to pay a $25 Mm. per wire transfer fee. Wow. That's adulthood. Wow. Same. That's a heist. That's a heist. You heisted them. Listen, sometimes you got to get through the minutia of adulthood by pretending that administrative tasks are instead heists. And it's just working out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is all for this after party. Uh, Thank you for your questions. As always, you can uh, tweet to us, email us, or uh, best of all, leave them in the after party channel of our patron only Discord. Uh, And thank you so much for listening along and for making fan arts and jokes and being excited about new episodes. It's very exciting for us to make stuff that not just we enjoy, but people say that they enjoy. So please keep doing that. (laughs) It's the fuel that keeps us going. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. I just said it in a cool voice, but it was real. (laughs) That's Milo's voice. When Milo gets a handle on his powers, he's going to sound like this. (laughs) <laughs> thank you for your january fan art i want january to say fuck that sounds great he's my he's my good special little boy and one of my top five npcs of all time mm-hmm. so uh just just keep doing it i like that it's very nice i would like it noted for my own just <laughs> benefit that i did not stop january from saying fuck. Oh, no. i did i want the credit he did in, in episode 12 he said it he said fuck yeah he said oh, it fuck. Wow. that we give me proud. credit we skipped the good joke corner my only contribution was that Aggie said piss, which I thought was really funny. That was a good but one. But January does. <laughs> the good joke corner was that in- entire episode 12. Yeah. For patrons you saw, but I made an agenda that January was running for that meeting, and we all contributed to it in character, and it was very it was funny. so fun. Um, so that was that whole episode was just a good joke for me. Also, Dr. Morrow showing up 20 minutes late no matter what, is also was very on point for me. Oh, sorry, this is related to really getting into Dr. Morrow. When she said electrons, that has literally been oh flowing God. through me. That is like the energy. That was like the moment that I understood <laughs> what Dr. Morrow's character was. <laughs> 
Right on. Well, we will be back next week with uh, Lucky episode thirteen, and it's just it's just getting it's just getting up from here, guys. Like this, we have had so much fun these last few episodes, and you are really really going to enjoy them. Bye, guys. Later. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because there's a volcano. What? Oh no! Oh, no! Oh, no!